Hey friends, welcome to this special episode on Disney's Encanto. Even though it's only been like three months since it's released, Encanto has sort of skyrocketed into the realm of classics and become quite the household name. Why is this and what's it got going for it? Well, in this special Myth Pilgrim episode, I have brought along a guest to help us explore this question. Her name is Bernadette Tui, and she is one of the amazing Missionaries of God's Love Sisters, the same religious order that Catherine Stone is a part of, which some of you may remember recorded the Saint Therese of Lisieux and Little Women episode. Anyway, so rich was our Encanto explorations that Bernadette and I decided to break our interview into two separate Myth Pilgrim episodes, the first of which I will present to you like now. <laughs> You're listening to The Myth Pilgrim, and I am Brother Lawrence of the Missionaries of God's Love. At its heart, the spiritual journey is a delightful and perilous adventure, just like the myths and fairy tales we love. This podcast is also a journey, learning from both wizards and saints, enchanted princesses and inner demons. Together, we'll discover how the great symbols of myth and fairy tale can guide us on our journey to God. Okay, so Bernadette, here we are. Welcome to the Myth Pilgrim. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Lawrence. Big fan of your podcast. So it's pretty cool to be on the other side of it today. That's so cool. Oh, big fan of Bernadette. Well, at least I am at the moment, but a lot of our listeners won't know who you are. So do you want to sort of just give a bit of an intro as to, yeah, who is Bernadette? Sure. So I'm in Sydney at the moment. I'm a missionary of God's Love Sister. It's my 11th year in the Sisters. So mm. I took my final vows last year in March. So almost my first anniversary of my final vows um, and I when everyone says what do you do I sort of say I'm a freelance youth minister or freelance evangelist um, so I don't have one particular ministry that I do but I have a whole handful as you can imagine so probably about 10 to 12 different things happening at any one time um, but everything to do with um, training youth leaders, running youth groups, um, evangelization through programs like Alpha um, or Life in the Spirit. Um, yeah, and I'm a member of Disciples of Jesus mm. Covenant Community as well. So we run events for young people and, um, yeah, we try and evangelize and equip people to be missionaries. That's awesome. And now you can add podcasting to that that very yeah. rich list of ministries and experiences. So just as a bit of an introduction for the listeners, it was um, Berna, who, as I call her Berna, so Bernadette, Berna. But it was actually Berna who first alerted my attention to this new, amazing Disney, well, I think it's gonna be a classic called Encanto. So what was it, Berna, that really was like, that really spoke to you and kind of like, why is this such myth pilgrimy sort of material? Yeah, I think um, so I went to see this movie with um, the sisters here in Sydney. We actually had those free vouchers that the uh, New South Wales government give you. So we love a good freebie. And as we sat down, I think because I was with the sisters and we were just in the context of our everyday life, which is all about moving out in the spiritual gifts and um, using the gifts that God's given to us 
Um, I think my attention, first of all, really honed in to that in a particular way um, because of this discussion of who's got what gift. And mm. um, as we'll probably talk about, little Mirabelle didn't get a particular gift um, like the rest of her family. And so I think my little ears kind of uh, pricked up um, regarding that because it's something that is one of our focus areas at the moment in MGL Sisters particularly is um, allowing people to really know and to move out really powerfully in the spiritual gifts, in the gifts that were given through the Holy Spirit. So, yeah, and I knew we'd got in early. So I was like, Lawrence, on it. <laughs> here we are who would have thought yeah. the two of us now <laughs> i don't know who would have thought because i'm pretty sure i also said can i be on your podcast yeah. you, you hinted well. it very subtly i'm like that's such offered, a burner <laughs> offered my services <laughs> no so keen so keen so just for the like i assume so spoiler alert dear listener would have assumed that you would have seen Encanto by now but so as a bit of a refresher um bernard do you know do you want to give a quick synopsis of generally how the story works just for the mm, yeah. sure yeah sure so we're in Colombia so um, we're in the midst of a matriarchal kind of family so there's an abuela who is the um the lead character and we know from the past that they've inherited um a miracle so that the grandfather kind of laid down his life um for the future of the family um and that they were given um a miracle and it's kind of um sort of represented by this candle this ever-burning candle that sits at the heart of their casita at the heart of their home um, and because of that they're a bit of a symbol for the community around and they're also very gifted and so um, that opening one of the opening scenes we see Mirabelle who's our main character she's got those great green glasses that have been made into an Instagram filter um, so we see Mirabelle walking with her cousins all through um, and introducing us to all of the different um, aunties and uncles and brother, you know, brothers, sisters, that kind of thing, and all of the different gifts that they were given. Um, and then the big question comes, well, what's your gift, Mirabelle? So it's all about this family. Um, and it's sort of, I think Encanto means enchanted, I'm pretty mm. sure. Is that the translation? Yeah. Enchantment. And so the house itself, the casita, um, is, is kind of a, a character in and of itself, like the tiles and bricks move and and it has sort of a life of its own yeah so each member of the family has has a particular gift and when they're given that gift they're given a particular room of the casita and they have these very magical kind of properties within that within the room that they're that they're given on this special kind of ceremony that that um, launches the gift or that launches them out into into that gift so that kind of lays the scene and um yeah and then we see that like kind of the complication comes where the family the casita is in trouble and then the whole um rest of it is about well what's mirabelle's role in um in restoring and preserving and saving the miracle and um yeah and kind of the family dynamic of of you know where the trouble has come from and how to overcome um the fact that their their family their house and also the surrounding community who rely upon them are um are, are in trouble or sort of are, are vulnerable to to a bit of a threat of um of the casita kind of collapsing upon itself so we sort of follow them through um through all of that to um yeah until the end of the movie and how they deal with that and all the different characters that pop up along the way mm. i wonder why why is a story about someone who doesn't have a particular spiritual gift or, or a magical gift in this sense why is it 
touch you know yeah what is it what is it tapping into that makes it such a compelling story yeah well i think there's two layers to that so i think your your ordinary punter would probably come into the movie and and see that that's about the those unacknowledged gifts you know like maybe you were someone who never got picked first for the sports team or you know were never top of the class and and i think that I used to work in schools. I was trained as a school teacher and worked as a youth minister. And I remember um, that I was very aware. We often used to talk explicitly about that kind of bulk middle middle ground where, you know, you might have a, a child or it might be yourself and you're kind of not really standing out because of any particular quality. Um, and I think that a lot of people will really empathise with that and that, that feeling of kind of being a bit mediocre or being a bit mm. overlooked because, um, you know, the world these days places so much emphasis on kind of the superstars or those really obvious kind of giftings and we don't value um, some of those you know some particular giftings go really unacknowledged so I think that most people would um, you know would be able to really empathize with with that feeling I think all of us have Mm. been in there in a way but I think it goes even deeper though from a um, faith perspective because the same can apply to spiritual gifts. And so um, I've had the privilege actually of doing the, what's called the called and gifted program. And so you go through and you discern and um, you kind of think about, well, what are all the spiritual gifts that are listed in scripture and which ones might the Lord, you know, be giving me and asking me to use. And, um, and the other thing that I found out as part of that process was that there are some gifts that are very hidden. And there are also ones that we, we overlook, like for example, service and help. Mm. Um, mm. Some people are very gifted, um, and that's kind of a behind the scenes kind of role. Um, or even intercession is something that happens without people seeing a lot of the time. Um, whereas maybe we place a lot of emphasis upon, um, you know, preaching or leadership or um, teaching things that are really upfront, obvious music potentially, because you kind of get to the be the star of the show or it's a very obvious public gift which has its own cross sure. in a way sure. um, um and even deeper still because yourself and myself and the community that we're a part of and our um religious congregations we also talk about baptism in the holy spirit so that real intentional outpouring of the holy spirit praying for an outpouring of the holy spirit and a release of the spiritual gifts and something that we're really conscious of is that for some people it's really obvious you know they'll feel very hot or they'll fall over um you know because of the overwhelming kind of power of the holy spirit um and their gifts might be super obvious tongues or you know something very visible might prophecy, happen yeah yeah exactly prophecy things that are very tangible but um for some of our young people and older people that we're taking through or we're inviting into baptism in the holy spirit some of them have that experience of Mirabelle where if you talk it up too much and focus too much about those mm. external kind of manifestations of the holy spirit um we also know that the spirit's does some very hidden work and very quiet work as well and so I think in our particular community where we are we do try to emphasize how the spirit works in all ways um, not just the visible but I think that that can be um, a source of discouragement for people sometimes when either their gifts overlooked or when you know they think that being prayed for for the Holy Spirit is only about those really visible kind of signs of the Holy mm, Spirit. Mm. That's awesome. And and I think you've you've touched on two really important um 
I guess, ways this film can speak to, particularly around gifting. One is the overlooked gift, um, and the second one is what's, you know, what happens to someone who apparently doesn't receive any noticeable kind of tangible, you know, obvious gift. Um, so maybe we'll go back to the first one first. Well, um, the idea of the overlooked gift. So Bruno, <laughs> the character of Bruno, so that's, if I remember correctly, that's Mirabelle's uncle, um, sort of gets um, hush-hushed and, you know, almost told to disappear because he had a gift that <laughs> no one wanted. Do you want to tell us a little bit about his journey and his story and what, what that was all about? Yeah, sure. So um, I think most people by now would be aware that was the big hit song of Encanto. <laughs> we don't talk about Bruno, Bruno, no, no, no. 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 It's so it's all over TikTok and Instagram <laughs> and um, apparently all, I don't have young children, obviously, but apparently parents were just driven crazy over the summer holidays by that song and by Encanto. Um, so yeah, so poor old Bruno, um, like in our kind of terms, I suppose he, he did have a prophetic gift. They even um, talk about the prophecy, the vision mm. that he had. And the vision he had was of this disaster that would befall the casita, that would befall um, the family Madrigal. And because it was unpopular, his vision was unpopular, um, uh, he gets outcast by the family. Um, there's also, it kind of alludes to those family secrets or on the on the track that we're talking about at the moment, it's these maybe unpopular gifts mm. or these unpopular voices um, that are within the church or within particular communities. And I suppose it's also that discernment of whether these unpopular voices are really speaking uncomfortable truths as well. Um, and you might know better than I do, Lawrence, I don't know how much you studied the prophets when we were um, at uni and doing um, scripture studies, but I was thinking a little bit back to the prophets like Jeremiah and mm. um, I guess the prophet Elijah and even, um, say, John the Baptist. They're these kind of these weirdos that do strange things in scripture, but they're actually really anointed with the word of God. And it's almost like that there's this... Um, yeah, this kind of surrender of um, self-image um, to really bring forth the word of God. I mean, I can think of think of even the lives of the saints. You know, think of you know Francis and Teresa of Avila and Saint Catherine of Siena. They were they were in some way kind of silenced and kind of ostracized from their not only their biological families but from the church family precisely because they had a particular spiritual gift that was. Uh, at that time, it seemed threatening to the norm, um, bit, a bit like Bruno having been prophetic of the the fragmentation of the casita, um, in some way symbolic of the church. We can, <laughs> anyway, that's my perspective. We can touch on that later. But someone like um, Francis of Assisi was very unpopular because he highlighted the fact, you know, in the 12th, 13th century, that the church had become quite enamoured with with glory, with with power, with wealth, you know, and he had this countercultural message that was kind of like, let's go back to the radical, um, you know, detachment of the gospel of Christ. And in some ways, it's like the church was like, let's not talk about Francis, <laughs> you know, and he wasn't, it wasn't received very well initially. And, um, and I can think of the countless of others, uh, you know, saints and martyrs down the ages as well. So yeah, I think there is something quite um, resonant about a Bruno. And also that if we are feeling a bit sidelined and feeling like our gift or our contribution isn't valuable, Encanto can speak into that kind of like, well, let's actually have a look. Let's, as a, I've got a, a friend who's a parent, Jenny, if you're listening, <laughs> um, he was saying as a parent, it's, it's, it's a reflection as well of, you know, 
what are we celebrating in our children and how how are we nurturing and supporting and, and not having favoritism over one particular expression of being a good child over another and especially from a catholic perspective right so yeah and how we um yeah see the immeasurable dignity of each each child equally and to support them in that yeah, yeah absolutely and because i think you can see it like i was listening particularly to the words of um, Mirabelle's parents and they were saying you have nothing to prove like we love you just the same as, as everybody else um, but I guess then I think she felt let down by the actions then of the parents when push came to shove that maybe they were a little bit um, embarrassed about her or even um, you know the grandmother um, with uh, with something to prove or with the, she's mm. sort of the one who's trying to hold it together and and um, I'm sure we'll get to it a little bit later, but there's that great song with Louisa where she's under pressure. But really you start to see that that's every character, like that every character is um, vulnerable to their own kind of inner weakness. Um, there's so much in that that I think people would relate to just on that familial level. And, yeah. and it, it does strike me as quite... Um, unusual and refreshing that in Canto really it's a story focused around a family you know and the dramas of family like you know far and above all the sort of um, kind of politically correct woke culture sort of you know ideologies that are sort of permeating lots of even children's films you have Encanto which is pretty much a story um, around both the functionality of a family in terms of a family that functions well, but also where it's dysfunctional and also the redemption of how that, you know, restoring even, you know, a, a sisterly relationship, a mother-daughter relationship can in fact ripple across the entire community around them. As John Paul II or Saint John Paul II would say, you know, so goes the family, so goes the nation and the entire world. So certainly something within the Catholic faith that would um, celebrate and, and kind of strengthen the importance of the family. And I think Encanto does that really well. If you're enjoying this episode of The Myth Pilgrim, please subscribe to it so you can stay up to date with all the latest episodes. If you'd like to be notified by email every time a new episode is released, hop onto the website at themythpilgrim.com to register. So here's the million dollar question. Does, do you think Mirabelle actually has a, well, a gift or you can say a magical gift? <laughs> and what, what is it? And how does that, how would that relate to our, I guess, our faith as Catholics? Yeah, that's actually a great question. Um, so I think something that's standing out for me at the moment for Mirabelle is um, her courage, which is a um, you know one of the gifts that we're given at um, confirmation. So it's fortitude, um, but then she's also able to really act on that as well for the sake of her um, for the sake of her family. I would also say that she's got that sense of prophecy because she has this image of the casita um, cracking, and she runs and gets everybody from the party young Antonio has just had his gift celebration um, whatever it's called and they all run back but the casita is actually still in one piece and so I guess for me I, I wondered if that was some kind of a prophetic kind of image as well and whether there's a parallel between herself and and Bruno in that way so I think that were the things that I was thinking with regard to um with regard to Mirabelle um but yeah what, what were your thoughts did you have something on that one 
Well, I yeah, I've been sitting on that question a long time as well. Even how the, when the film resolves and and the house comes back together, um, um, first of all structurally, um, but also um, with the magical enchantment restored, I kind of wondered whether you know that she's very much um, a bit like how Saint Therese of Lisieux is the heart um, of the body of Christ, and the heart being the central organ, the one that holds all the other important essential parts together that she is love and her gift is love and you know right from the beginning we can see how tender and compassionate she is and you know sincere she is to love the family to love abuela to love her sister which she, you know she doesn't get along with saint paul in corinthians says you know you can have all the great gifts in the world but if without love they are just a noisy gong and a clanging symbol that she doesn't have a superstar gift as you mentioned earlier but she does have the gift of love and that's ultimately what the Encanto, how, how the Encanto was born, was, was a gift of love from um, her grandfather who gave his life, you know, for the family. And ultimately she's the one that continues that. And we can see that the times when they do, um, when she reaches out to, to hug uh, Isabella and when she makes amends with her grandmother, the house actually starts to heal itself, like the cracks disappear. Anyway, that was just my sort of thoughts. And then right at the end you know when you know not only was the family back together this is when they rebuild the house and the community was gathering all around them and they were celebrating each other's gifts including bruno's that's when she enters her door and her gift you know so to speak which she lacked at the beginning um in the movie as a kid she got her gift or rather it was made um obvious to others she always had the gift of love but i don't know <laughs> that's sort of Amazing. what i was thinking yeah. yeah that's a great pickup and because even she has her moment to lay her life down as well like when the miracle is being um at threat she's the one who's able to go up and she she grabs hold of it but even that act of courage wasn't the key thing like the candle then went out wasn't it so mm. i think you're on the money there that um and that that whole thing from from saint paul like you said that um, that it's love that's above all of the, the gifts and the other gifts don't matter if we haven't got love. So it's a beautiful, um, yeah, just a beautiful message, isn't it? And so at this point, we end part one of Berna and I's interview. And I hope it was as enriching for you as it was for us. Next time, we will explore in more depth the way Incanto illuminates how the Holy Spirit moves and animates the church, particularly through the gift of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. So definitely something to look forward to in the near future. For now, I have a fairly practical, practical pilgrim exercise to offer you. Identify someone in your circles whom you feel might have a hidden or unrecognized gift. Ask the Lord to show you how you can affirm and celebrate this gift. For who knows, if Encanto has highlighted anything, it is that sometimes the most hidden gift that becomes the most significant, not only for that individual, but for the entire community around them. Okay, so I'll leave that with you. Until next time, dear pilgrims, journey forth, take care and God bless.